This nationally acclaimed designer Ken Style has been described as a fresh, continual mix of elegance and modernity. He has been featured in Traditional Home, The Wall Street Journal, House Beautiful, Architectural Digest, The Detroit News, and HGTV. His brand has expanded in 2016 with the premiere of his first furniture collection for Leathercraft. And his firm has served clients based in the United States, Germany, and Shanghai. Welcome to the Living Well Show. I'm your host, Charmaine Winter, with today's guest, Mr. Corey Damien Jenkins. Hey, Corey. Hey, Charmaine. So good to have you on this show. What's your favorite genre of music? Oh, R&B, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And specifically, anything from the 70s through the early 90s. Well, mid-90s, but yeah. That's my era that I grew up in, and yeah, that's that's the hot stuff right there. (laughs) (laughs) So we can expect then that if we, I don't know, popped in on you unexpectedly, you could be vacuuming to some R&B gem. Do you vacuum, Corey? I don't vacuum. Uh, I rarely vacuum. It seems as if we're like going ahead with floors so in my studio and even in my clients' homes. But now obviously we have rugs. But yeah, I don't. I haven't vacuumed in a long time. I'm not. I'm not home long enough to vacuum. So <laughs> my travel schedule. Wow. And so, did your upbringing prepare you for this job? Uh, I would say so to an extent. My family is a family of bankers and finance folk, and so my dad really wanted me to focus on a career that would prepare me for, as you would put it, you know, real life. And so I'm very appreciative of that because when you're running a design firm, you do have to understand numbers. You're running a staff and taking care of business for clients, especially when you're working with millionaires and billionaires, you need to understand those margins and those dollar signs for your clients and contractors. So I think it definitely prepared me for that. I'm glad I had a chance to break away from it in terms of really fleshing out my creative career, but I can't knock the preparation I had with the financial business aspects because that really came in handy. Absolutely. We we as diners have such an awesome responsibility to be accountable and prudent with our clients' funds. For sure. Absolutely. It's more than an ocean. So if you could select anyone, living or dead, to collaborate with on a design job, who would it be? I love Jamie Drake. Yes. I think Jamie Drake is brilliant. Ron Woodson and Jimmy Mummerfield are fantastic. I look up to them quite a bit. And uh, Alexa Hampton and Miles Red. Those would be my core four or five as you count the duo there that I really just adore their work and I adore them as individual personalities for all great people with great talented portfolios so and so can you flesh out for us a little bit more on the specifics of whom and what you like about say Jamie Drake and and all the others as well Jamie Drake is unapologetic when it comes to his use of color it's the same thing for Miles Red they are not ashamed to utilize color in bold, fashionable ways with their approach and appreciation for old Hollywood glam is timeless and yes. untouchable. Um, and I think that for interior design, you need all of those elements. You need bold, brilliant color with classic lines to create sometimes the most classic and enduring interior design. One thing I try to reach out for as a professional myself is to make sure you really can't tell what year I did any of my rooms. I don't want there to be an expiration date on my project. So I think that those designers I mentioned, they have mastered that. You can look at any of their projects from when they got started, you know, in the 80s and 90s all the way up till now, and you really can't tell uh, where one project was done versus another because they had mastered the elements of classic design. 
design. And that's what I want to teach you. What a prudent nugget. That's fantastic. I hadn't taken the time to really realize that myself in my own career. And that's why I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. I suspect that the feedback I'm going to get from this with other designers is that that's a takeaway that's worthwhile in each of us learning to embody in our own careers. So we're going to take a short commercial break and we'll be back after this. You're listening to The Living Well Show with Charmaine Winter, multi-award winning international interior designer and owner of Winter Interiors Servicing, South Lake, Texas. Green. It's not easy being green because every green is different. Your green could be lime. Another drink, sir. Then again, maybe you see more of a golf green or a majestic green mountain. But whatever green you're looking for, we have it in brand name paints. It's a great day for golf. You know, I don't really feel like playing. I need a stunt double. A stunt double? You know, when the hero has to do something dangerous or arduous. Arduous? Yeah, that's when the stunt double steps in. Okay, so how does this relate to golf? Oh, it doesn't. I'm just saying it would be nice to have a stunt double. Like, if right now I was going to be attacked by ninjas. And there you have it. Stunt double one, ninja zero. You are so weird. Golfing is safer than becoming a stunt double. sound of the sea. There's only one place you'll hear lawnmowers this far from land, because there's only one cruise line with ships that have up to half an acre of real, finely manicured lawns. Perfect for picnics or evening concerts under the stars, and obviously crucial for croquet. Just one of many delicious surprises awaiting you on board are exceptional cruise ships. Who are we? Well, put it this way, no one's more celebrated at sea than us, and modern luxury lives here. And we're back. This is The Living Well Show. I'm your host, Charmaine Winter, with today's guest, Corey Damien Jenkins. Keep things classically proportioned, but always add one touch of the unexpected is a mantra that has stood me in good stead in my design business. I imagine it's also one you can relate to, Corey, correct? Absolutely, sure. Given that, you've had the honor of breaking the color barrier by becoming one of the first African-American interior designers to be published in traditional home magazines. How does that make you feel? I think it's wonderful that our industry continues to celebrate the diversity of our community. The interior design and architectural worlds are filled with creative types. And I think people come from all different backgrounds and cultures and languages into the creative field because it seems to be a common denominator among all people uh, is the ability to create and design and the appreciation of yes. design. So to be featured in that way with the publication has been a wonderful thing. I do know that I was surprised when I saw my actual picture in the article itself. I do believe that was definitely one of the first times that's been done. But it really showed how interested the, uh, the magazine was as far as the editors did to show diversity, to embrace the rich cultures that designers have in our ranks. And uh, to be part of that was something that was really special and a very humbling honor for me as well. Exactly. So aptly stated. And so you recently experienced some very real discrimination at the hands of a would-be client. Yes. What made you decide to go public about that experience and subsequently also share the interesting spin 
to that experience? Sure, absolutely. Well, I was called by a woman to uh, interview for her home to design her house. She was older, probably late 60s, early 70s, I would estimate, and she had never seen me in terms of my space or what I looked like. Uh, she was an internet-savvy person by any means, and she admitted that on the phone when we spoke. She had been shown my work through some friends, who I'm assuming either showed her a, a, a printed picture of my work or something like that. I'm not quite sure, but she had seen some of my rooms, Charmaine, and was really impressed with the work from that angle. But she had not seen me physically. So we had a great conversation on the phone. We spoke for over an hour, I believe. It was very lighthearted, and we seemed really quick. You know what it's like when you speak with someone that you seem to really jive and get all the, the right energy between you and a potential client, and you seem to be on the right page. Yes. So it just was, I thought, a great match. So I was very excited. Um, the project was in the gated community, and it was a very large home, and she needed everything. The house had not been updated in about 25 years or so. So it sounded like the perfect project for me. We made arrangements for me to come out to meet with her. And so I walked up to the doorstep. Charmaine and knocked on the door, and she came to the door, and she was just looking like behind me, like looking down the sidewalk and down the driveway. She says, where's Corey? Oh, dear. And so she says, oh, you're not exactly what I expected. And Charmaine, her entire face darkened. It just changed. Her whole demeanor, her whole body language changed. And so I could tell that instantly this woman did not want me in her house. Wow. But we're up here and we have an appointment. Mm-hmm. So I got through it and I said, well, thank you so much for your time. And at that point, I realized what I was dealing with. And clearly, she had not done her research as far as, you know, she did not Google that, Google my name and look me up. So what I looked like, and I can't change that. So I got my stuff prepared to walk away, and I said, you know what? I'm going to just make one last statement here. So I asked her if I could use her powder room, and she said, we have bathrooms. We just don't have any running water. And I'm like, really? Okay. What you really need is a plumber, and you may need a few more things beyond a plumber and an interior designer. Uh, you have a nice day. And then, you know, I excuse myself because, first of all, it's a huge waste of my time. And then I walked away with nothing. And it is such a challenge when you're all prepared to offer the creative knowledge and talent that you have and you want to put together something fantastic for a client. And you're unable to because Uh they're just not willing to open themselves up to the possibility that you may have something to present to them that would completely satisfy their needs. Right. That's a bit of a double whammy for me because at the end of the day, I'm still a service provider. One would think that a person that was racist um, would still be willing to accept that service because people like them believe that other cultures should be subservient to them. You know what I'm saying? But exactly. that wasn't even the case. So it was, it was a very weird scenario to, to deal with. But it is what it is. That's her problem. I can't fix that. And to be honest with you, I would not want to work in that kind of environment anyways. It's important for designers to work in situations where we are appreciated because we are more than a service provider. We wear so many different hats. You know this, Charmaine. We, we are their financial advisors. We are their psychologists. Confidants. We become their friends and no one else wants to be their friend. Many of our clients don't have friends because they live in certain bubbles. We yes. become part of that bubble. Yes. So I'm not going to put myself deliberately in a scenario where I know I'm not welcome because of something I simply cannot change about myself. I'm the, I came into this world, caramel. I'm leaving this world, caramel. So, <laughs> so get used to it. And I loved the caveat to that story. Yes. So I had a lovely couple that saw 
my work uh, recently in Traditional Home Magazine. And this woman called and she says, uh, you know, I love your work. I'd love you to come out to our home here in Connecticut to discuss remodeling and renovating our, our project. So I flew out there and we met and Charmaine, the moment I walked to this woman's home, I knew that it could be a great fit. It was so hospitable. Again, older couple, mature, sophisticated, very worldly and culturally. They had traveled the world, obviously, but from the same generation as the previous woman that had rejected me because of my complexion. So this couple was completely different. They weren't focusing on what I looked like on the outside. They were focusing on the creative powers that were generating from between my ears. And that was what really appealed to them was my my gifts, my, my exactly. creative ability. So we sat down. She had a full-fledged spread as far as lunch cooked and prepared in her morning room for me. Stark contrast. I couldn't even get a, a glass of water at the other lady's house. <laughs> yes. I would have even if she had offered it to me. We sat and talked for two and a half hours, and it was just so wonderful. In fact, when it was time for me to leave, she gave me a sack lunch, like a care package to take home. And I'm like, what? You know, she had, like, sandwiches and a little Snapple. I haven't drank Snapple since I was, like, 14 or 15 years old. homeowners on some do's and don'ts on selecting an interior designer. What top three tips do you have? One, understand that they are there to help you and they're to complete you, not compete with you. So there's a difference. Completion and competition are two very different things. And if you're hiring a designer, it's because you need help. So if you hire me, I don't want to come in and take over your project at a level where you feel like you're not being respected because you want that client's voice to be heard. But at the same time, I don't mind being micromanaged either. I have training. I have a gift. I have skills. So therefore, you're bringing me on because you respect what I can do. So we have to work together as a team. So we want to complete each other, not compete with each other. So that's probably the first thing. The second thing, 
designers charge what they are worth, at least they should anyway, is because of what they're worth. It's amazing to me how so many people are fine with hiring electricians or plumbers or engineers or architects because they feel that they really can't do what plumbers and electricians and carpenters can do. It seems too difficult or too layered of a profession for them to relate to. They just feel they need to have it. But when it comes to interior designers and decorators, they're like, oh, I can do that. And I don't know if that's certain television networks' fault from making it seem so easy. I don't know if it's our fault as a profession for making it look easy, but you and I both know it is not easy. Interior design is work. And the more complex design you do, like with me, I have a very layered design aesthetic, the more complicated it is. For every pattern and color and finish that I place into a space and I layer it together, it's like putting together a very complicated recipe in the kitchen. A pinch too much or a pinch too little can ruin the flavor of what I'm cooking. So you're paying for that. Just like going to a fine restaurant, you're paying for a chef to cook up to use something that's exclusive and delicious and tailor-made just for your palate. So when they print in that bill, pay it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of work and love and heart and heart went into that development. So definitely respect why designers charge what they charge. The third thing I would think of for designers and clients, communication is extremely important. If you don't like something, tell me. I have no ego to bruise. If I show you a plaid fabric and you don't like plaid, say so. I'd rather a client tell me they hate something and I can go back to the drawing board early than me build an entire story off of that plaid fabric and find out weeks later, I really didn't love that plaid. And now everything's messed up. That's like, again, going back to that kitchen analogy. I put, you know, seasonings into this particular uh, dish and you're allergic to pepper. Tell me off the bat that you don't like this. And that way I can take that off the table and give you a supplement that will work instead. There's a million different things out there as far as colors and patterns and textures. We don't have to do that one. But if you don't communicate with me, then you know we're going to have a problem. And along those lines, too, uh, when it comes to your budget, tell me what your budget is. We're not the boogeyman. We're not out to get you. Uh, I'm not here to spend your money from the angle of being a greedy person. I'm trying to help you spend your money wisely. So tell me what your budget is. A truthful estimation of your budget because if I come in with something that's too inexpensive, it's going to insult you. If I come in with something that's too expensive, it's going to insult you. So just tell me what my parameters are so I can perform. Terrific. Some very real and valid points. Respect the designer-client relationship, communicate with your designer, and present a true budget. We'll be back after this. Every day a child learns a life lesson. Every day a teacher makes a special effort for a special student. Every day someone deserves a Little Ba Chocolates. It might be to add an ounce of sweetness to someone's life. It might be to say thank you for caring so much. There are 365 reasons to give a Little Box Chocolates. A thank you gift is only one. Life's been good to you, but one little tweak could be that cherry on top. A new you, ready for whatever life presents. Personal Enhancement is about bringing out the best you, helping you achieve your aesthetic goals and build your self-confidence. Always wanted a clear, more radiant complexion? Learn more about generic procedure. You'll love what we do. The result is the same you, only better. Hello. Dinner. Yes. 
Conversation. Yes. Dancing. Yes. Dessert. Yes. Tennis. Yes. Pool. Yes. Brunch. Yes. Good. When. Weekend. Where. Omni Houston Hotel. Where. On Woodway, near the Loop. Dinner. Yes. Conversation. Yes. Dancing. Yes. Dessert. Yes. Tennis. Yes. Pool. Yes. Brunch. Yes. Omni Houston Hotel. Yes. Weekend. Yes. Good. Bye. You're listening to The Living Well Show with Charmaine Winter, multi award winning international interior designer and owner of Winter Interiors Servicing South Lake, Texas. Welcome back. You're listening to The Living Well Show. And I'm with designer Corey Damian Jenkins. Corey has an in-depth knowledge of interior elements. He transforms homes, apartments, and venues into stunning environments for a stable of clients who demand luxurious surroundings, balancing the classic and the modern. Now, Corey, you've done a fair bit of traveling. What region or place have you visited that you'd like to return to and why? One space that I really enjoy and seem to flourish most is Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. I don't know why. It just it's so hot there, obviously, <laughs> especially during the summer. I love the carefree culture there. Just laid back. It's beautiful. It's crisp because I love the Hamptons, too. It takes place to get away from everything when I do have a moment to, to download and not have to work. Okay. Do you also find that you take any kind of design aesthetic that is native to that region? I think wherever we go as design professionals, we're always going to find inspiration someplace, somewhere. So I never completely turn off. My creative juices are always flowing all the time. The architecture, for example, in the Hamptons, the shingle-style homes there, it's beautiful. And it informs my aesthetic. And there's a great change from that to Palm Springs, California. It's a much more laid-back a little less formal, but still very beautiful and elegant lifestyle there. So they definitely influenced me, and I'm able to bring back elements of that when I am working on projects that harken to those particular design styles. A lot of furniture design is based on geographical elements. Did any of your new furniture line take influences from your love of Palm Springs or the Hamptons? No, actually, that furniture collection was heavily inspired by a runway show in Paris. George Chakra had an amazing runway show, and his collection, Charmaine, was just, it was just fabulous. Models were sporting these flowing gowns with pleats and embroidery, and just very sexy, stylish creations that they were sporting on the runway. So that really inspired my collection, because I wanted the furniture to be sexy and fashion-forward, and a little different and off the beaten path from what's out there right now. And that's where I got my inspiration was from Fashion Runway Collection from uh, Mr. Shockwell, who's actually a Lebanese uh, designer. He's amazing. Well, he certainly succeeded. I mean, it's hot and sexy, as you said. Thank you. Yeah, 
I really wanted to push some boundaries with it. My manufacturer, Levercraft, has been around for uh, over 50 plus years, and they've been a mainstay in the industry for a long time. But they also felt the need to bring something different to the marketplace. So we really pushed some boundaries with that, Charmaine, in terms of our collection. We are really working with leather, but pushing it in a direction that perhaps it hasn't been done before. So imagine, like on the back of my Alexia lounge chair, we have an open pleat, and it's closed shut by a frog. Wow. You know, uh, uh, so, you know, so it's something that, it, it's still leather, but can we do something different with it? Can we push the envelope a little bit further with that particular texture? Uh, my Gwendolyn Tedete, same thing. I mean, that after my mom, because she carried the weight of our family in a very graceful way. She always did so with style and class. So the Tedete can hold the weight of more than one person. I mean, it does so with you know clean lines and very curvaceous detail. And so it's been a lot of fun. What I hear you saying is that this line was really an intertwining of fashion tailoring elements with designer furnishing. Yes, absolutely. I think that we need furniture that is functional, obviously. And we always say form should follow function. And that's uh, so my collection not only looks attractive, but it actually uh, performs and functions just as well. And we didn't compromise or cut any corners to make that happen. So I'm very excited about that. I am too. Now, you're known for some spectacular show home design. Will you be returning to that genre of design, or have you evolved to other pursuits? I would never rule out a show house. Show houses definitely can be great exposure. I think right now, the last couple of years, I've been extremely swamped with uh, residential development. And then, of course, the furniture line. We're working on rug line development and fabric uh, and lighting as well. So we're developing the whole home aspect of my career at this point. So I haven't been able to fit in the show house in the last couple of years. But, you know, my very first one I ever did was on HGTV. That was fun, but also crazy and scary at the same time. But I learned a lot. Uh, you're designing for a massive audience of varying taste and aesthetics. And I was happy to pull that off with the network. And I've done some projects since then. And even some charities, you know, like I did design a diamond York, which is essentially like a show house. Um, you're creating a space and packing it full of beautiful furnishings and design format to sell to help the charities that are involved. And of course, I've also participated several times with DEFA, who are the uh, designers industries uh, fighting AIDS uh, foundation there in New York City. Uh, we've done some spaces with them. So when I can, I definitely do it, but I've never like I'm beyond doing a show house. I think show houses are that one time that you really get to let it go and just do what you want and push the boundaries because you don't have a client necessarily involved. So you can really just let spirits fly and create your heart's content. And we'll be back with this week's listener question. Yes, we can make it happen. There was probably a time in your life when you had no need for a financial plan. But now that your major assets are no longer the ones hanging in your clothes closet, maybe it's time to consider working with someone who manages money for a living. Financial Consultant provides the recommendations, and you provide the priority, your financial success. We'll make it happen. You Financial. Welcome back. This is The Living Well Show. I'm Charmaine Winter with Corey Damien Jenkins. and. My goodness, the time has flown. It's time for that listener question. This email is from Gail, and she's in Maine. She writes, Charmaine, I'd like to buy some quality furniture for my living room. 
How do I know what to look for? And Corey, I saved this question specifically because I know I was going to have you on the show. I'd love to hear your feedback on this. Sure. So I think that one thing that a person needs to look for when it comes to buying quality furniture is how it's made. And so much of it has to deal with the construction and things you can't see. You won't give away signs that a sofa is really well made. Is its weight. If you can easily pick it up off the floor, it's probably cheap. <laughs> you know, because when you have an eight-way hand-tied sofa, you have all the springs and all the ties and just all this material, the the, the design of all that beneath the surface. Those things add up as far as weight. So you want to find a sofa that not only sits well, but it's made well. And a lot of times, one of the biggest giveaways that a sofa is not well made is that you can easily push it around. You know, the legs wobbly. Price points even not always a giveaway either because sometimes people will mark something up and they know that it's junk. So definitely, you know, inquire. Ask the, the salesperson, uh, where is it made? Is it made here in the States? Is it made abroad? Uh, is it from China? Uh, these are questions that have to be asked because depending upon where it's made and who makes it and um, the construction will tell you whether or not you should be spending that kind of money uh, or making a pass. Excellent. And since Corey's covered the inside so well, I'll just add another dead giveaway for me is if the pattern or the print repeat of the upholstery doesn't match. Top quality manufacturers pay attention to these details because their name or brand is associated with it. So I hope these tips help you. Finally, I want to thank my loyal listeners for your continued listening support and invite design suppliers, manufacturers, or businesses that wish to advertise their product or services on the Living Well Show to contact me via my website. That's www.winterinteriors.com. And thanks again to Corey Damian Jenkins. Uh, He's available for hire listeners. You can contact him via his website. That's CoreyDamianJenkins.com. And until next time, I'm Charmaine Winter. Join me again here for The Living Well Show.